I Read Comics, show number 65. So, here we mobile podcasting unit. The green mobile podcasting <laughs> unit. But we're not actually moving right now. We're just sitting in a parking lot. Even greener. Even greener. It's great. Using the battery power in the eye river, which Our is carbon so footprint awesome. is zero. <laughs> <laughs> so what we wanted to talk about in this special episode is New Frontier. Now, as you guys probably know, the premiere of the DVD or the, the motion picture of Darwin Cook's New Frontier is going to be at WonderCon, which is in about two weeks. That's right. But it's been leaked. Yes. <laughs> It's all over the torrents, and it was at a couple of other sites, but it got taken down, mm. as far as I know. But it's still out on the torrents. It is still out, for sure. So we thought we'd do a little bit of a scoop mm-hmm. and talk about it now. Yeah. It was it was awesome to be able to see it uh, kind of in advance, I think. Yeah. I mean, we're not the only ones. Clearly, lots of people <laughs> were torrenting it, but... Uh, um, the one flaw in the preview that we saw was that uh, the color was a little spotty in parts. It, yeah. it faded out and faded back in. It didn't actually destroy the content for me. It was right. fine. It was usually just in um, non-important sections yeah. for me. Yeah. yeah it was um, probably the same torrent file anyway. But, uh, <laughs> sure. you know, there were a few times where it was um, Green Martian and he faded to black and white. And I almost thought the first time it happened that it was mm-hmm. intentional because he was watching this black and white TV yeah, it was show. Sort of noirish. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, let's see. It's it was like uh, over an hour, right? It was yeah, like an hour and twenty minutes that or something. Right. Yeah, it wasn't so it wasn't that long, no. and they did a lot of compression from the books. Yeah. So I think pretty much the whole first book got compressed into about the first half an hour hmm. of the movie. It seemed to me. I mean, I didn't go back and look at it scene for scene, and then they spent a lot more time at the end. Um, and I thought they did a pretty good job of. Um, tying in more of the monster stuff, which seemed very scattered to me in the books. Like this whole thing about the center and where it came from and all that. It was a little more dynamic in the movie, which I thought was a good thing, a Mm -hmm. really good thing. The one criticism I had of the movie was that having not read the books, the movie seemed to be a little bit more, uh, a little less uh, of a good motion picture, if you will. Um, There was so much character development. How does the Green Martian become the Green Martian? You know, and not so much about the key characters, but Hal Jordan, I mean, the whole arc of the story is about him becoming Hal, uh, Green Lantern. Mm-hmm. And, and I thought that um, there were so many of those going on, mm-hmm. and then suddenly new characters would just pop up that had no background, <laughs> that it, it the, the climax of the story being about the center almost felt like it was an afterthought. Yes. And for a movie, I mean, I get how that works really well with a comic book. Mm-hmm. But for a movie, I mean, the movie should be about, this should be more focused on that uh, element, I, I thought. Yeah. It was It was still a, an awful lot of setup. Yes. And you weren't quite sure where it was going. Uh, it really was about Hal Jordan more than anybody. Mm-hmm. So um, to recap very quickly for people who either didn't read the book or don't plan on it or don't plan on seeing the movie, um, it takes place just prior to... Um, the Kennedy era in the United States. So it's post right at the end of the Korean War leading up to the Kennedy presidency. And it tells the story of how the JLA started. Mm-hmm. 
and one the, story. One story. Um, <laughs> and it goes through some of the origin stories for some of the superheroes, like Martian Manhunter and Green Lantern. Um, Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman are all in it as established characters, so everybody knows who they are. Yeah. Um, and various other people pop up, but again, like like Ollie shows up at the end. Yeah. And he's just there. It's yeah. like, oh, there's Green Arrow. Like we're not really told anything about why he's there, where he came from, or how he relates to these other guys. He's just there. Mm-hmm. And a whole bunch of people I didn't even know. <laughs> yeah. Pop up in the end. Yeah. Um. So it it is kind of an Elseworld sort of situation where mm-hmm. it's retellings of some of the origins and recasting some of the characters. The, the uniforms look different. I actually really like the uniforms. I think they look cool. Yeah. Um, I like the way they were drawn, so there's a lot of the Bruce Timm um, character development there, which looked cool. So they're kind of blocky mm-hmm. looking, which was good, you know. It's nice to see it, especially Wonder Woman, who is taller than Superman. Absolutely. That was the, one of the best elements of the just uh, character development, if you will, is that She's an Amazon. Yeah. She's tall. And she looks great. Yeah. She looks really good. Um, one of the guys who did some of the uh, character development um, art, and I think he might have been one of the producers, is Glenn Murakami, who's also the guy who did work on Teen Titans. So um, you could see a little bit of the Teen Titans-ish influence in there, especially with some of the backgrounds. So that was cool. And they got an awful lot of really interesting voice talent. Big time. So <laughs> you had uh, Patrick Harris as a... Flash and his voice was super sped up. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Um, David Boreanaz was. He was Hal. No, oh, was he? Yeah, he was. That was sounds he? right. Yeah, yeah. He was Hal Jordan, and then um, Batman was someone. I can't remember who did Batman. Yeah, but it was wow. I'm totally forgetting. And, and Superman was Kyle McLaughlin. McLaughlin. Yeah. Lucy Lawless is Wonder Woman, Yay. and then both. Uh, what's Hal Jordan's girlfriend? I can't say her name. Carol. Carol something. Ferris. Ferris. That's right. <laughs> she and uh, Lois Lane were both mm-hmm. famous female actors. Yeah, so Carol remember. Ferris was Brooke Shields. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And, and it's um, Sedgwick. What's her Kira name? Kira Sedgwick. Yeah. As as Lois. And, and she was great. I have to say, it was really nice to see um, Wonder Woman being a really strong character mm-hmm. and then seeing Lois being really kick-ass in this movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's out there reporting. She's there at the end of the Korean War when this big monster thing is attacking. She's right there on the aircraft carrier. She's doing all this stuff. Yeah. Really nice to see her being a fearless reporter. Mm-hmm. So that was awesome. Yeah, and, and in a way, Carol Ferris also, you know, running this mm-hmm. multi-probably time million-dollar um, aerospace uh, company. I mean, she's she's in charge. Mm-hmm. It's it's her dad's company, but she's calling the shots, and it was just kind of cool because I don't think that's something that was probably true of the way comics were written mm-hmm. at that time. But um, it's nice that they incorporated that into it now. Yeah, yeah. So I really like that a lot. Um, so. Uh, all of these characters are drawn from different places. You see them interacting a little bit, and they all come together at the very end to fight this monster that's called the Center. And the story of the Center is supposed to be that it's some monster from a long, 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 long time ago, and it hates human beings, and it decides that it's going to rid the world of human beings forever because right. it doesn't like them. Right. So. The way it chooses to do that is a little weird. Uh, so it's like this living island that has dinosaurs and stuff on it, and then it lifts up out of the water and it shoots energy beams, and it, all these prehistoric creatures keep erupting from it. And one of them goes to um, Amazon Island and attacks there, and the others go to uh, wherever they are at the end. It's in, it's like Kennedy Space Center before it was called that, and I right. can't remember what it was called. <laughs> it's terrible. Um, Cape Canaveral. Oh, okay. Yes. Yep. So it attacks there, and then they have to defeat it. 
there are so many other plots, though, that are going right. on at the same time. So here's a question that I had, and this didn't strike me when I was reading the book, but then watching the movie. So part of the plot is that Hal is hired by Ferris, mm-hmm. presumably um, to, to do some testing, to do a lot of test right. pilot stuff, but really... He's, he's really <laughs> going to be an astronaut right. that they send into space. Right. And the big twist, which yeah, I don't know if this was ever part mm-hmm. of the storyline, was... <clears throat> I thought it nicely weaved in with the Green Marsh, uh, Martian Manhunter thing, but because they knew Martians existed on Mars, they were sending Hal and a few others there with a bunch of bombs mm-hmm. to, to destroy Martians if they found them. So my question was, rather than Ferris doing all this stuff, why didn't they just send Superman to Mars? Right. <laughs> Fine question. Well, Superman probably wouldn't have gone and destroyed... No, but he could have done a little reconnaissance and just looked around. And hadn't Superman maybe been to Mars already? I mean... Possibly. He's got a lot of time on his hands. He, <laughs> he could have gone up there for a little spin Especially around the solar system. Especially being able to fly system. at the yeah. know, speed of light. Yeah. So anyway, I was just kind of wondering why they didn't just send him to start with. Um, I thought the in that episode um, when they go and, and the rocket ship fails and it just kind of burns up on reentry and then everything explodes in the atmosphere... Even a, a nuclear bomb exploding at that height above the Earth would have been really bad. Mm-hmm. Like, all that radiation and stuff. That's why they don't send nuclear fuel to the sun, for example. Right. Because no matter how far away, if it's still close to the Earth, all that radiation is going to do mm-hmm. it. So. Filter in. Yeah, I, um, so this really kind of brings in the, the fact that Hal discovers, he gets his ring, but he doesn't use it mm-hmm. until the very end. And he's actually not even using it when he and the other guy are in their jet planes, and they fly into the center of this thing, mm-hmm. the center of the center. And it's amazing, because you see these acid trips, That's right? That's cool. That was like really cool. Like, they're just cool. totally <laughs> changing space-time, everything, and melting, and which is really fun. And then finally, at the end, it, it's hurt his plane or something, he's going down, or his friend yeah, is going down. and the guardians appear to him. Yeah, and mm. tell, in, impart to him the, you know, use your will, be brave, and he becomes Green Lantern, and it's amazing. Yeah, that scene. was cool. That and, was really um, good. Yeah, but it is a little crazy that, you know, Superman and none of the others are able to affect this thing at all. Mm-hmm. Suddenly Hal Jordan with his ring comes out, <laughs> puts a force field around it, and throws it into space. <laughs> the end. It's like, really? <laughs> okay, I mean, it's a nice idea, but I don't know. It was a little... It made the other characters seem powerless. I agree. And, and that was the thing that surprised me about reading the book. So when I... I had seen a lot of scans from the book on Scans Daily and in other places, and I loved the art. I thought Darwin Cook's art just looked mm-hmm. really cool. And I was like, oh, this is interesting. It's kind of a almost pre-Silver Age story, and there's some good stuff. And then I read it, and I think I said this in the review when I talked about it. I didn't know that it was the Hal Jordan story. Right. That it's very much focused on him as a character. Um, and it, it's hard when you compare Green Lantern to, say, Superman or Batman or Wonder Woman, the big three. They're so iconic. Right. And they have such complex stories, and, you know, he's Hal Jordan. He's one of many Green Lanterns. And he's also, right, true, and he's also kind of boring. <laughs> uh, you know, I, Green Lantern, of course, my favorite character ever, Hal Jordan being the one that made me love Green Lantern, mm-hmm. but at the same time, like, when you saw some of the, the following Green Lanterns, especially Guy Gardner and Kyle Rayner, I mean, they just had so much more personality. Mm-hmm. And, and Hal was always cocky and or confident, I yeah. guess. But... In this, he's he's zany almost yeah. when he goes out there when he gets his ring. I mean, he's like woohoo yeah. and like doing and, all kinds of stuff. And he's driving around. his sports car up the side of the hill yeah. and stuff. It's like Hal doesn't do that kind of stuff, and no. that was one of the reasons why I thought um, when they paired up Hal with Ollie 
it worked so well because right. they were really opposites in yeah. personality. Ollie was the guy who was just doing Daredevil, crazy shit. Danger, he didn't yeah. care, you know. He was making smart ass remarks all the time. That's really his character. And Hal was very much the foil to him. They were the uh, was it the odd couple? They were. They were absolutely <laughs> the odd couple. You know, there was Dinah in the middle trying to keep them from killing yeah. each other. Um, so it was. I could see that for this, they tried to imbue Hal with a little bit of those qualities. But if you're really familiar with the character and his personality, it's a little weird. Mm-hmm. It's a little jarring, mm-hmm. I think, to see that. I guess if you don't know it, it makes sense, and you just yeah. go with it. And you I say, mean, hey, if you got this weird. awesome power, you'd be like, hell yeah. yeah. Most people would, yeah. but yeah. Um, it was interesting that um, I like the Flash stuff. Uh-huh. So they didn't give a, like a Flash origin story or anything. Just had him be um, a guy who who suit came out of his ring, which was which awesome. is cool, of course, and talked really fast and uh, did some cool things. And of course, as his villain, they had to give him Captain Cold, and which was interesting, but. You know, when you compare a goofball like Captain Cold to the center, which mm-hmm. is how to destroy the universe, it, it makes the whole Captain Cold thing seem really silly. Well, doesn't he fight Grodd? Yeah, he, but it, it's a fake Grodd. It's a fake Grodd, and he punches his head <laughs> off, so it, it, it I well, think, devalues but, that a little bit. But what bit. I thought was nice, uh, in a way, was that um, he, he kind of questions his own uh, status in yeah. the, the, that team, right? Mm-hmm. And, which, in a way, is what you know, Cal Rayner did uh, when he joined the JLA and, and Wally had done. Uh, it's like, well, am I really one of, mm-hmm. do I really belong up there with the big three? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I thought that was nice to just at least work it in there because it makes, at least, I, I thought that it was nice that, and in the end, the only one that could really do the thing they need to do, mm-hmm. i.e., shrink this yeah. thing, cover the entire body of this uh, huge island with within seconds of with this shrinking beam, like, well, it's the guy who didn't think he was... Mm-hmm. And so that was nice to, to really bring him in and give him some, you know, important tasks to yep. do and build his confidence. I agree. That was really, really nice. Um, let's see. There was a really funny Batman moment. So Batman um, meets up with Martian Manhunter in, in Gotham, and um, they're both... And this is never explained either, and I'm trying to remember if it was explained in the book or not, but there are people who are mentally affected by the center, right. and these guys form a little cult, and they're going to sacrifice a child. And this is never explained. It's just you have to go with it. Yeah. And so um, Batman ends up um, kicking their asses, and they show him in sort of his golden age Batman look. With the super tall ears. With the, yeah, with the ears and a slightly different insignia on mm-hmm. his outfit. And then later on, um, Superman comes to visit him, and he's changed his look. And, and you see Robin there bouncing around right. in his little tights. And Superman <laughs> says, and it's so slashy because Superman says something like, oh, you know, a new direction for you? <laughs> <laughs> yes, now I've changed my look so I don't frighten children. And I have a small boy living with me <laughs> wearing tights. Um, so that was funny. That made me laugh. I thought um, it was interesting pairing the Superman, I'm sorry, Batman and um, Martian Manhunter because Martian Manhunter is a detective, because mm-hmm. he has, you know, mm-hmm. telepathy, and I thought it was nice. I mean, yes, that's both. What, that's what both of them do. They're these detectives at heart, mm-hmm. and it was nice. Um, I thought it was interesting. It makes sense, but it was interesting that um, Martian Manhunter just kind of phases into the Batcave. Yeah. Like, you, because Batman had said that he knew his secret, like, mm-hmm. the, of the fear of fire, and so, in a way, Bat- Martian Manhunter totally passively was saying, and I know yours. Yep. Here I am. It was very, very was good. Cool. I didn't see the giant penny, though. I was looking for it, and I didn't see it. <laughs> um, 
another thing that we had chatted about uh, earlier was uh, how it was cool when Wonder Woman fights off the, sin- or the one of the beasts that attacks the Amazon mm-hmm. island. Um, she's hurt. She she like hobbles well in the invisible yeah. jet, which, <laughs> which she is then all crashes. Bloody, yeah, yeah. Um, and Superman takes her to the medic and stuff but then later he comes out and says my best friend mm-hmm. nearly sacrificed her life to you know protect against this it's just cool that he referred to her as mm-hmm. his best friend mm-hmm. I, I don't know why that struck I, I definitely caught that right away it's yep. like oh how nice it was really good it takes it out of the love affair thing yeah which a lot of comics have done which I'm okay with too but I don't think you can do the love affair with Lois and Wonder Woman in mm-hmm. the same comic mm-hmm. you really have to pick one and course they stuck with Lois uh, amazing when she just mm-hmm. finally just breaks down mm-hmm. she's reporting on Superman who gets beamed by the, the thing <laughs> right and struck by the beam and then falls to the ocean yeah they yeah. don't see him they, right. that's really cool it was very cool except of course nobody really thinks that he's gone so like for me I was just waiting to see yeah. how they were going to resurrect totally. I was like how are they going to do this oh and then just here's the spoiler not to give it away or anything <laughs> but there's a cameo by Aquaman at the end that's right <laughs> yeah he comes up and he's taking all this show which, you know, I guess I had a little bit of a problem with that it's kind of the inception of the JLA, but in a way, Superman wasn't part of the JLA to begin with. It was, let's see if I get this right, um, Aquaman, Wonder Woman, she might have even joined later, Batman, also kind of questionably part of, um, Black Canary, mm-hmm. um, who I've Martian Manhunter, and there were these five or six of them and then Superman they, they could get Superman to join later at least that's how it was um, retold very recently in the year one stuff and Aquaman sorry he was part of that original team and so I think the more recent stuff and maybe it, back in the Silver Age he wasn't part of it but it just seemed a little out of sync with some of the stuff that they've been putting forth as the original JLA mm-hmm. more recently well. I, I just, I guess they're thinking of it as another retelling. Yeah, and they which couldn't, is cool. They couldn't really find a way to have him work in there. Although you'd think Arthur would know about this thing. It's right. an ocean. That's, that's that's his place. That was it's my like, frustration. Is he's probably got? I mean, it would have been cool to see him like come and tel- uh, telepathically order these like whales to mm-hmm. do something with. The, I don't know, fight the dinosaur. It all happened off screen. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. So, um, I'm trying to think. And then the end, at the very end of the movie, um, after they've defeated this and everybody's, well, some people died, but none of the really major characters, but some other minor characters who I didn't, I wasn't really familiar with, but I wikied them and, mm. and they were clearly part of the DC universe at that time. So some people die. Um, and it then turns into co- sort of a commercial for the Kennedy administration right. with this long voiceover <laughs> by JFK talking about the new frontier and all the rest of it, which I get, but man, they laid that on pretty thick, I gotta say. It was sappy. It was a little weird. Yeah, and then there are some background graphics that show you more. It switches from the, the Darwin Cook, Bruce Timm style art to more um, recognizable Silver Age art to show you what the JLA look like. Like, Arthur doesn't have long hair, right. and Wonder Woman's in her more modern costume rather mm-hmm. than the, like, the hot pants thing. Mm-hmm. Just like that. <laughs> so um, so I, I thought it was really good. I'm, I'm curious to see how it does at WonderCon. Yeah. I'm sure it's going to be a big event. I believe they're showing it on Saturday night. Okay. And um, I think Darwin Cook is going to be there, so oh. he might talk a little bit. Cool. That. There are definitely some audience participation moments. You know, people are going to get all excited and cheer when the action sequences happen, right? And all that. I, I could see it. I enjoyed it. Yeah. I, I thought it was fun. I um, 
definitely wasn't expecting it to be as good as it is. Again, I was a little <laughs> surprised about all the build-up and story, character development mm-hmm. sto- stories. But yeah, it was good. It was uh, it was a nice, uh, different take on things and what they're doing. Right, yeah. mostly everywhere else in the the. Uh, I guess, animated versions. Yeah. So I think, uh, you know, this is, we talked about this last year after WonderCon. This is DC's big push mm-hmm. into direct-to-DVD animation. This is the second one, right? Superman Doomsday was the first right. one. This is the second one. And I think the third one is going to be the Teen Titans thing. Yeah. I think. I can't remember, but they, they mentioned all three of them last year. Yeah. Pretty sure it's Teen Titans. Yeah. Um, I think they're doing a pretty good job of this. And I agree. if they're still trying to get more new readers into comic books, this is a pretty good way of doing it, mm-hmm. I think. Because th- these kinds of movies are really accessible, they're fun, they have interesting voice talent for people who know who the voices are so they can right. do that if they want to um, hear somebody famous embodying this character. And they're short enough so that you don't have to force yourself to sit through like yeah. two hours worth of something right. just to see it. And, and I think that this in tandem with um, the Legion of Superheroes on Fox yeah. Saturday cartoons, you got the Teen Titans, uh, what am I forgetting? Well, there's Batman, right? Mm-hmm. And they've got it seems like they're pushing it pretty, pr- pretty good on the animated front, both um, movie full-length features and cartoons. That I, I felt like there was a period where they just weren't doing anything in the animated front. Yeah, I, I think that's right, and I think everybody has been spurred on, of course, by the success of the like the Spider-Man movie. Yeah. So there's a Superman movie, there's still Batman movies going on, and now there's whether or not they're going to make a JLA movie mm-hmm. or not. It seems like it it's on again, off crashed again. and fell or yeah. burned. Um, and then, of course, Wonder Woman, you know, was almost going to happen, and then they canceled the Joss Whedon yeah. participation. And I think that, <laughs> you know, as maybe trite as it might be, it would be fun to have Lucy Lawless be Wonder Woman. It would be awesome she, to have her as Wonder Woman. She's already kind of got that persona with yeah. the, the warrior princess. Um, but, yeah, I, I think that there was also talk... Basically, all of them were getting thrown out there because a the writer strike was coming, and they were like, okay, what can we film quickly? <laughs> Low budget and put on the screen. That's true. None of them happened as far yeah, as... Yeah, I know. It's kind of sad. You know, it's, it's great that they're doing the animated stuff, but clearly there's a market for these kinds of movies. Mm-hmm. Spider-Man wouldn't have done so well if people hadn't wanted to go see it. Superman did well. Mm-hmm. It did well, although um, I've heard that they are considering... The, the second one will be new actor, new storyline, yeah. new everything because it didn't do well enough. And I, mean, I agree, it wasn't the best Superman movie ever because they need to have him fight someone other than Lex Luthor for once in his life. Um, I mean, I guess there was Zod, but I mean, Zod was great. Yeah. That was that was fantastic. Yeah. So bring on Brainiac. Let's right. do Brainiac. That'd be awesome. Brainiac or or um, oh, what's his name? The Dark Side. Yeah. Something. Someone. There's tons of um, doomsday. Yeah. Well, maybe they're waiting to see now how the next Batman movie does, because they've wrapped yeah. the shooting on that, and they're just in editing. And, of course, haven't yeah. they, right? Yes, yeah. correct. And all the voice... So there was a rumor that after Mr. Ledger passed that he hadn't done all of his... Um, his looping. Post-looping, but yeah. that seemed to be dispelled, and that they said, no, they have everything. Yeah. And I think The Dark Knight looks fantastic. So have you seen the five-minute um, extended trailer? No. It was... the. For I want to say um, Cloverfield, um, where but only in the IMAX. If you saw Cloverfield mm. on the IMAX, they did this whole five-minute scene that it's it's a bank heist, and oh, it's cool. all these people wearing masks, clown masks, and in the very end, 
the Joker, you didn't know. They kept talking about the boss and the Joker mm-hmm. and all this. And then in the end, the last guy to take off his mask after he's killed every one of the accomplices is the Joker. Mm. It is the best five minutes. Oh. I mean, it looks awesome. That's great. I can't wait for this movie. That's to be good. Well, we got that to look forward to, and we got the Iron Man movie to look forward That's to. That's right. Which also looks pretty incredible. Yeah. I can't wait to see that movie. I think it's going to be so good. I think I think I'm a little concerned that they spend way spend too much time on the him building the first one while he's in captivity. Yeah. Because eh, get to the get to, get to the the new suit. Get yeah. To the, get to the yellow and red. Yeah. <laughs> but it'll still be cool. And then the the other movie to look forward to <laughs> is um, so the guys who have done scary movie and teen movies and all that. Uh, I think they're the even ones behind Meet the Spartans or whatever it is. Um, these movies have sucked. I mean, I, I, I'll pull back a little bit on the first couple scary movies. Those are pretty good. Um, but the, the problem with those is that they're all about, you have to know the 20 movies that they're referencing. Mm-hmm. So one or more of the writers who were, have, were on Scary Movie 3 and 4, but also came from The Naked Gun, apparently, which I thought were brilliant, um, have been... Um, come together to, to write superhero movies. And what's great is it's a spoof on one superhero movie, mm-hmm. Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. And it's got Leslie Nielsen in it. Mm-hmm. It's got Drake Bell, Yay, Drake um, Bell from Drake and Josh. And he's the Peter Parker type character. And it looks, just from the, the two minute trailer, mm-hmm. hilarious. I mean, I, I'm actually, I laughed. And I have not laughed, I did not laugh at the Meet the Spartans mm-hmm. trailer. I haven't laughed at any of these guys' movies trailers and years yeah so. well they they did i think you can tell from the trailer the success of the like the naked gun stuff in the airplane movies was that the jokes were just non-stop yeah so it was about a joke every two seconds and mm-hmm. if one wasn't funny it didn't matter because you were on to the next right. one at that point and that's what the trailer is it's just one joke after another yeah so funny i love so just in case you haven't seen the trailer out there uh it's hilarious because he's he's gets bitten by a, a radioactive um or genetically modified <laughs> Uh, dragonfly, right? Fire <laughs> yeah, dragonfly. I think it's a dragonfly. And so he becomes the dragonfly. <laughs> and my favorite scene, just how they spoof Spider-Man, the first movie, you know, when Spider-Man drops down on his web after rescuing um, Mary, Mary Jane. Jane, and she pulls down his mask a little bit and kisses him on the mouth. So he drops down on whatever he's dropping <laughs> down from, and uh, she goes in to kiss, but he drops down a little further by let's say accident mm-hmm. <laughs> and he has crotches right mm-hmm. even with her face and she grabs him by the shoulders and lifts him back up I mean it's that sort of thing and and then all of the spoofs are all just spoofing the Spider-Man movie yeah it's it's gonna be I think better than they even did one um, that was a spoof epic movie and my roommate watched it and said it was terrible it was a spoof on all the superhero movies I think spoofing just one movie mm-hmm. will be at least give them a leg up on it possibly being funny um, but also Drake Bell has a history of doing this kind of slapstick stuff mm-hmm. on his show, Drake, Drake and Josh. Uh, he's kind of, well, also Josh does it, but they're both just always getting into uh, these little hijinks and a lot of it's physical. So yep, they put themselves out there for the really, really silly stuff. So yeah. it'll make him, um, he's willing to do that kind of stuff and not look, not be afraid of looking stupid in a movie right. to get a laugh. So that's always a plus. Yeah. I'm pretty, I just think that's going to be hilarious and I'm pretty excited about it because you know, I love Drake. <laughs> but do you love Drake more than Zach? Oh, yeah. Yeah? I don't like Zach very much. Really? No. What about Corbin? Yeah, no. Okay. Zach, it's Drake all the way. Okay. I'm just checking. <laughs> I just I need to know these things. Also, you know, Drake's a little bit older and more legal, I think. 
<laughs> Drake's at least 21, if not 22. Okay. Well, that, that's cool. IRL. Okay. Um, so, I think we're going to wrap this up right now. We are going to be at WonderCon. I'm going to post more information about this, and I'll talk about it in, in the next podcast, which will be before WonderCon. But we have a podcasting panel again this year, which is, I think, at like 1.30 on Sounds Saturday right. afternoon. They yeah. moved it up. It used to be at four and now it's at one thirty, and uh, there's a bunch of, bunch of great other podcasters on as well as us and they've just released the programming for WonderCon so if you go there now you can see what all is happening um, and there's a lot of really really good stuff this mm-hmm. year so I think it's going to be way fun so if anybody is out there wants to come and say hi come to the podcasting panel or drop us a note um, if you have a booth we'd love to come by and say hello mm-hmm. and see what you guys are, are doing yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to it yep it's going to be fun uh, okay that's it cool All right. Yeah, it's a body long way.